0: At Tivoli Brewing Company and the Department of Communication Arts and Sciences at MSU Denver, this is Unfiltered. And here are your hosts, Jay Schrader and Dr. Samuel J.
1: buddy.
0: We slow roll into this, so this is exactly how it happens. All right. It's Unfiltered because I am not a journalist. My background is in communication studies, but... um, The goal is to kind of just drink beer and talk to people who work in beer. I love it. I love it. Uh, Your name?
1: Uh, My name is Tony Doria. And and you I'm the the beer manager over at Molly Spirits uh, and do purchasing for both our Lakeside and Greenwood Village location.
0: Okay, so so can you give us the addresses or close to the intersections of the two Mollies? Uh,
1: Absolutely. So the the Lakeside location, our original spot, uh, is uh, right off of I-70, 44th and Harlan, Mm -hmm. um, near the Lakeside Amusement Park. Uh, Our newest location in Greenwood Village is right off the highway at I-25 in Arapahoe.
0: How long has the one up in Lakeside been open? Uh,
1: We've been open for a little over five years, uh, and I've basically been there since the beginning. Uh, I started on uh, when the company was about two and a half months old Uh um, and have been there ever since, and it's been a great organization.
0: So... What is your relationship? Well, sh- let's crack open a beer let's crack first, open a beer, yeah, man. and then we'll talk. talk I, figured beer we over just, I figured we would just—I
1: figured we would just kind of go through the, no, uh, awesome. the the lineup that we got here. So these are all the uh, most of these are currently on the shelf. A couple of these are some uh, recently finished collaborations that we've done, um, and the first one we got is the uh, the Molly Sip of Colorado, okay. which is kind of our sure of uh, our, our house lager, if you will. Right. Um, it's one where we don't really make a lot of money off of it. Uh, it's in a very aggressively priced where we're hoping that uh, people buy a case when they go to their parties and barbecues. And that way, everybody's walking around with the Molly's logo in their hand. Uh, But we teamed up with our friends over at 14er Brewing uh, to make this one with us. Um, Kind of like a light, easy-drinking, American Kulch style.
0: When did this one come out?
1: Uh... So this is actually kind of a different project um, in the sense that uh, uh, we have been doing the Sip of Colorado for two years now, uh, but this is the second brewery that we've done it with. Um, And right now it looks like we'll be doing kind of the same project, but with a different local brewery every year. Okay. Um, And we have another one lined up uh, to do a a third version of it, very similar, uh, but with uh, another
0: brewery, uh, Bonfire Brewing. So do you see it, I guess... Knowing that the, the kind of footprint that Molly's has in town, and I think uh, Here, yeah, cheers. cheers, yes, thank you so much. Tony. Absolutely. Um, as a beer drinker, in term when it comes to liquor stores, I would say Molly is obviously kind of front of mind, top mm-hmm. of mind at all times. Yeah. Do you feel a responsibility to share the beauty of a of a, of a style like this kind of lager right? <sighs> with with beer drinkers. Do you want to get them from a Coors-like Coors into something that is more crafty?
1: Uh, In in terms of uh, uh, personal responsibility, uh, it is it's something that I you know. Exposing new people to new beer is something that has always been a passion of mine. Um, anybody who says they don't like beer hasn't just found the one they like yet. Right. Um, there is a there's a beer for every person, there's a beer for every occasion, and for every meal, um, and uh, it's about uh, exposing people to to the to this great liquid that we all enjoy. Uh, in terms of the industry, um, you know, Molly's is a locally owned, independent. Uh, we're a larger retail liquor store in terms of our size and our footprint, but we are local. We're independent owned, and um, we are in the same struggle that all the other independent brewers are in. Um, we are fighting against big corporate forces with lots of out-of-state money and out-of-state capital, and we're trying to find our own unique ways to stay relevant and stay ahead of the curve, and really, uh, as, as you alluded to, you know, we want people to think of Molly's when they think of craft yeah. beer, especially in Colorado. That's Colorado true. craft
0: beer and Molly's should be one and the same, and if sense. that's the way it goes, then I've done my job. Yeah, for sure wanted to bother you now before you get way too far into this podcast and you stop listening to it. Jay and I have started a Patreon page. I, have, I don't know if you are aware of what Patreon is, but it's a way for those of you who love the show to support the show. Other podcasts do it. Um, some really, really big podcasts do it. Some really, really small podcasts do it. But it's a way for us to help support what we're doing gas to and from breweries getting things like hats doing some advertising on facebook making sure that the quality of the show is as good as it can be etc etc if you are interested in supporting the show monetarily we would greatly appreciate it if you're not we totally understand we still want you to listen this is uncomfortable for us to even ask you can go to patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash unfiltered craft it's just three bucks a month for that three bucks we will send you our new Unfiltered Koozie, a couple of stickers, and we promise, if you keep subscribing, if you keep giving us those three bucks a month, every time we order new stickers, new buttons, we will put those in the mail for you. If you want to support the show, we will be forever indebted to you, and thank you so, so much, and we'll get those things in the mail for you. It's just Patreon, dot com slash Unfiltered Craft. Can you? I mean, for for those out of out of state listeners, or even craft beer drinkers, beer drinkers here in the state, um, who may not be as Aware of mm-hmm. what's going on in terms of laws and, and, yeah. and distribution and everything, what is the kind of cliff notes uh, uh, summary of how Colorado might be different than the rest of the country?
1: And it's it's really Colorado is a place where it is truly unique in that we are able to do these types of projects. Um, the laws are set up in a way that it makes it very easy for us to team up with local breweries to do these types of projects. And I don't know if uh, the laws would be as forgiving in other markets or if the markets would be as um, open and accepting to these types of projects. Um, It's it's really a way that we, and myself especially, have viewed this to be how we separate ourselves from the other big box liquor stores. Um, We all are gonna get prices that are basically about the same, we all have similar overhead, Um, and so how do you differentiate yourself? We have a beautiful, aesthetic, uh, uh, wonderful environment Mm -hmm. to shop in, a wonderful friendly staff that is knowledgeable, can direct you to everything you need, answer your questions, uh even your more kind of in-depth questions we want to be able to answer all those um, so an exception a great comfortable place to hang out and be in a wonderful uh friendly a group of people to that are welcoming and guide you to where you need to be um but Personally, especially with beer, it's the, you know, making these unique projects and these products that are not a knockoff brand or a Costco brand. Um, these are unique products that are a draw in and of itself. If it so happens you like this beer, we are the only people that sell it. Yep. Uh, it is also a way to cement our relationships with the local brewing community. Um, again, we're in the same fight as everybody else and we really want to, to, to forge these, these lasting business relationships to carry on far beyond into the future. Um, and this is, you know, one way that we are able to to try and uh, get, be an active role mm-hmm. in that industry in that community. By teaming up with these breweries to create these unique products, um, you know this is as far as I know, nothing like this is even being attempted elsewhere in the country um, where we are a retail environment um, that is actively being involved on the production side uh, to create these kind of very cool products that again um, you know it 's not trader joe's or you know i don't want to mm-hmm. knock on, knock on anybody any it, what else, anybody else is doing, but these are um, truly um,
0: well, no, I mean, for people who don't understand it, I mean, Molly's collaborates with breweries in town to make a unique beer only yeah. available here. It's not, yeah. you know, you go to Costco and get a Kirkland brand. This exactly. This is much different.
1: This is so, uh, like, so the, the one that we're drinking right now, the Sip of Colorado, uh, this is one where um, originally we had worked with Aspen Brewing, and they were looking for a, a way to uh, get a bigger impact in the market. And we had been wanting to find a way to... Uh, to 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 reach more people with uh you know on the ground marketing techniques like having a can of beer with Mm -hmm. your logo on Mm -hmm. it so we went went over to those guys and met with the brew team and looked at some different recipes and kind of my role in this is yeah uh yeah we we find a partner that we want to work with uh we work we chat down we figure out the logistics of the project um we figure out what kind of beers we want to do what would be fun uh often I, I have an idea of something that might be a fun project to work on, okay. but uh, I also often go in there with a blank slate and want to chat with the creative team there and say, hey, what have you, what have you guys been working on that you're excited okay. about? What is something that you've wanted to try that you haven't yet? What is the next big thing that you guys are just dying to, to experiment with? Um, and uh, then go from there. And, uh, again, trying to create some some very cool different stuff. Um, this one is kind of your, this is going to be your your intro basic, kind of more crowd-pleasing beer. And they get a little bit kind of cooler as mm-hmm, we go mm-hmm, along in mm-hmm. this uh, in this tasting that we got going on here. Uh, but they're all ones that I've uh, personally been involved with and that I think have all turned out really well. Um, and this is, the, you know, it's these, by teaming up with these uh, local breweries, you know, creating these unique, beers we're creating our own landscape um that no one else has in the market and that's really what has been really exciting and uh you know it's been a really fun creative outlet as well i'm oh, uh, sure uh, i love to uh, uh a lot of these beers are beers that i would drink every day okay. and uh they're beers that i want to drink and hadn't been made yet yeah, so yeah. this is uh, a great way for me to to extend my influence in the industry as that's well. cool that's selfishly
0: cool. <laughs> so let me ask you i mean so we have we have these, breweries here. Um, are these to be totally frank, usually the kind of sales teams that you already have a good relationship with, and you can go to, or are you starting from kind of ground zero? We ground? we do both. Okay.
1: Um, so uh, the ones that we have, most of the ones that we have here are ones that um, were well established breweries that we had, or were not gonna say not say well established. They were well established with us, mm-hmm. and they were ones that we worked great with. We believed in. Um, we uh, you know wanted our brand on their products. Okay. Um, and wanted to share and what they were doing so that was really where it all starts Uh, but the that's not been the case for all of them this new the one that we did here with new terrain Mm -hmm. uh, this walk in the parfait uh, this can these these cans were the first cans that came off their canning line Ah. Um, they were very new to entering into the retail uh, beer landscape had done very well at their tap room and some on-premise accounts um, but, you know, we I, I took this as a great opportunity to really get in on the ground floor of their story. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The first cans that came off the canning line have a Molly's logo on it. That's awesome. Um, and so they've been a wonderful partner to us. And uh, with all these endeavors that we take on, um, every brewery that we team up with is a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to do everything in our power to grow their brand as well as ours. Okay. Um, we, you know, again, everything Colorado, want we want to strive to be at the forefront of everybody's minds with yeah. that
0: yeah that makes total sense um okay what do we got there oh that's the old tivoli so this is
1: this next one this is uh uh, the one that we did with tivoli brewing uh for uh the opening of our second store in greenwood village um this is called twice as nice um and it is kind of our uh our take on a modern lager uh is kind of the way we've been been uh been telling people about it uh Basically, the Tivoli's Helles Lager, to those who don't know, uh, was the first commercially sold beer recipe here in Colorado. Um, It is a very classic, well-known German style, um, and it is the flagship for the brewery. And so we wanted to take that, that kind of old... That old school influence meets the contemporary thinking of Molly's to create this new one. Um, basically, took that classic recipe, um, did a very generous dry hopping of Styrian cardinal hops, okay. um, which to me bring out some really wonderful blueberry and honeydew notes. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely no bitterness, but you get these kind of very unique fruit notes with the hops with a very clean, crisp finish. It's I a know. cool, drink I, think, and beer. I think they did like, a great yeah, job yeah, with that yeah, one. Sh- cheers. cheers.
0: Yeah, you get some nice fruity notes. I mean it, it's very clean. Having have had plenty of Tivoli Hellas. This <laughs> is uh, it's unique and I really, really like it. It's it's who made it? Who's who's the was it Nate behind this?
1: Um You know, I don't remember exactly. it was I was involved with the whole team over there. Okay. Um okay. and generally when I'd go uh, chat with the guys over there, there'd be four or five people yeah, sitting down at the table. Do that. Yeah, um, for sure. And I don't wanna I don't wanna say give credit where credit's not due or give the wrong information right right no
0: you're Um, good don't worry they're good there's good they're uh, they're great folks over
1: there uh, but they uh they it was a very fun project to work with them on this one um uh Whenever we do, are doing these projects, I like to be heavily involved throughout mm-hmm. the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, try try the product generally at least once in the fermentation vessel, okay. at least once while it's finishing, and then once before it gets to product, okay. get before its you know final packaging. Um, and this was a really fun one, at Tivoli because they put together I I believe five or six different test batches before we got to the final one that we okay. enjoyed, and um, that was a it was fun to have those different avenues that we could approach if we decided that was the way to go yeah for sure um uh, so I, I thought that was really wonderful we tried different hops to, to get the different presents we wanted we different amounts to get how much vibrancy we mm-hmm. wanted out of the hop flavor uh it was just a really great r&d project the whole way through it's Loved impressive
0: those guys. um how passionate you are about this! I can tell uh, it's, you it's why, a yeah. lot of fun. I man. mean, you're. You, I guess let me ask you then. Let's go to your story with beer mm. and where that goes, mm. and kind of let's start with why aren't why aren't you brewing your own beer? Are you well, a home brewer? Or are you? A, uh,
1: I'm not a home brewer. Uh, okay. I have brewed. I've worked for uh, a brewery in my past, and that was kind of how I got into the beer industry. Okay. Uh, a good buddy of mine that uh, I knew from college at the University of Kansas uh, opened a brewery in uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, mm-hmm. and I had never been up to Coeur d'Alene before, and he needed a little help, gave me a call, and I said, I need you here in a week, and I was like, all right. Not a bad place up there. to be, right? It was yeah. a beautiful part of the country, <laughs> yeah. and um, you know, I had a wonderful experience up there. Um, really, that was how I got into the beer industry. Before that, I had actually worked in the wine industry okay. uh, out in Sonoma County, mm-hmm. um, and this was kind of a, uh, an easy transition, and as I, I just started to read and learn mm-hmm. and uh, drink more beer and uh, came in there, took over the tasting room. Hired a replacement to take me over. Hired a staff to work it. Took over sales. Got wow. a little sales team beneath me, um, and you know, got the the brewery going in a very positive direction. And uh, you know, was just kind of ready for something different, more okay. opportunity, more challenges. And came down here to Denver, where it is a, um, you know, you could you could argue is kind of the pinnacle of America's craft brewing scene is right, right. here. So right. this was kind of seemed like the next logical step. I've always been. Way more into the end user experience mm-hmm. than the actual production side of it. Okay. Um, as much as brewing is fun, it is it's ninety percent janitorial work and a lot it of is, waiting. It right? is a lot of waiting. It is a lot of cleaning. It's yeah. a lot of cleaning again. <laughs> um, and that's what you have to do to do it well. And that's really not where my passion lies. My passion cleaning. lies with, uh, you know, expressing uh, my appreciation and my love for everything that we're doing here and all these projects and. For beer itself. Mm-hmm. Um but that and it's after I came to Colorado I started working more on the retail side. Um building more and more experience and contacts in that. Uh came with Molly's and uh you know basically been here ever since and uh took it upon myself really to grow this uh this Molly's beer branded mm-hmm. uh collaboration projects that we have going mm-hmm. on. Um, and again, this is the way that, that I see us uh, separating ourselves from everyone else in the industry and really you know, cementing a, a, a unique place for what we're trying to do.
0: If you had to, to label two or three things that have kept you in beer and not back into wine or something, what, what would it be about craft beer in Colorado that is kind of... Part of it has a lot to
1: do with the creativity and the innovation. Okay. Um, Every day, there are new brewing techniques, new styles, new trends, new whatever. New hops are being discovered. Um, It is a very fluid industry to be a part of. Uh, I like that. (laughs) Well, but um,
0: you know, still recording. Sorry, but
1: Chardonnay hasn't changed in 400 years. You know, there are slight differences in you know. You can make a buttery or an unoaked, Mm -hmm. but you know. The grape hasn't changed, right. and so uh, it is just a a one that is way more focused on. Uh, staying contemporary staying innovative creating and really especially here in Colorado this wonderful uh, environment of wanting to work together mm-hmm. um, and collaborate and create new projects um, it is uh, truly a, a, uh, a blessing that we're here in at this time in Colorado being able to do these fun things
0: yeah for sure what do you I mean I guess knowing what has happened over the last 18 months and you know yeah. a lot of places closing down being that you are that you have insider knowledge you know you a pretty knowledgeable perspective what, what do you foresee happening in the next six to twelve months for craft beer in colorado
1: it's going to be an interesting one, yeah. uh, especially on the retail side. Uh, this is the year, uh, so that last year was the year of the seltzers kind of mm-hmm. taken over. Uh, this is the year where we see the oversaturation of the seltzers, um, where uh, we're seeing lots yeah. and lots of brands creating seltzer products, right. and uh, this is the year where it becomes uh, too many, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll start to see some brands go to the wayside. They are going to continue, I think, to have a good share of the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a... In terms of where beer itself goes, mm-hmm. um, I really, I'm really kind of curious as to where it goes, mm-hmm. uh, and especially in the next six to 12 months. Long term, I think there's going to be some greater trends in the, in the industry as a whole. I think beer production and consumption is going to move to a much more localized model. Uh, we're not going to see more breweries. Become signed with national distributors and and send beer from coast to coast. Beer is going to be produced and consumed within a very short radius. And I think that's what most people want. You know, when I go and travel and I go visit my family in other states, I don't want to drink beer that I can get in Colorado. I want to drink I want to drink what everyone's drinking out there, even if it's not that good. I still want to drink different stuff. I want to try new stuff. I want to explore, and that's what a lot of the beer uh, the beer industry is
0: exploration. Now. <clears throat> I'm trying to get really good here asking the questions I can't ask of a brewer because mm-hmm. you are, you're on the other side of it. Does that ha- has that changed the kind of people that get into the business from your from what you've seen? You know what I mean? Like it's a big Somebody who starts and wants to distribute is way different than somebody who starts because brewing is a passion. And yes. It's, okay. And that
1: is, I've definitely seen a a shift in that. There's also been a big shift overall in the marketplace with uh you know like the legacy breweries that have been around for a while. Um and don't mean to interject, but yeah, yeah, this so is the, the this drinking. is the next one. So this is our this is our Molly's that's IPA. Delish. And wow. this is one that we did with our friends over at Finkel and Garf, um, and this one is one that I'm really excited about. It is There's no other IPA on the market with this with this hop profile. Barba Rouge, Huel Melon, and Eldorado hops are the star. Um, and to me, when you pour it into the glass, the nose is straight berries, strawberries, huckleberries. I definitely get some honeydew melon notes, I get some apricot notes, um, l- very low bitterness, lots of these. Very vibrant hop flavors and hop aromas, um, with a tiny bit of sweetness on the backbone mm-hmm. to balance out all those notes and aromas. Um, it's I, a clean back. It's I very it. clean. It's very approachable. Yeah. Um, and this was one where I selfishly was envisioning the beer that I wanted to drink every day, and this was this was this was it. This and uh, working with the guys at Finkel and Garf, I had recently discovered Barber Rouge hops. They had recently discovered Barberousse hops. We were both so excited about experimenting with the beer with it where do they come from um i believe it is french um but it is definitely uh, pronounced on these you know fruity uh uh hop notes and uh when we were tasting and doing some test batches with those guys one of the brewers he he thought it tasted kind of like fruity pebbles yeah um and uh the other one thought he it reminded him of uh i want to say it was like purple fun dip Okay. Uh, with the stick with the stick yeah. yeah and uh i think i think those are just some absolutely wonderful unique descriptor words for this type of beer but they are also accurate uh i mean i definitely get some of those like fruity kind of nondescript mm-hmm. cereal notes in there yeah and um i i thought they did an absolutely stellar job with this one those guys are really have been doing some great stuff always but certainly in the last i would say eight to twelve months i thought they've really stepped up their game and have really been
0: doing some wonderful beers it's it's Unique, but it's not gimmicky, if that And, that, and that's it.
1: Um, there's yeah. definitely some gimmicky beers out uh-huh, there. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, uh, not to say that we haven't done some that you could say are a little on the gimmicky side, but this is one that I think uh, really hits a lot of the notes of, especially what I'm looking for in an everyday IPA. Yeah. The one that you can have multiple of, you can have a six-pack of, and I'm not going to say it's session, but it's not going to wreck you. It's not 8%.
0: No, this uh, is, uh, I'm, as an IPA drinker, um, sometimes... My lawn mowing beer is a 7.4 <laughs> IPA. that's absolutely. not okay, but like this, you're right, like this could, uh, I could drink these and, and do yard work all day. time. Absolutely, the and it's, okay. you
1: know, you want, and uh, although there is definitely a time and a place for that big, over-the-top IPA yeah. that is absolutely wonderful, uh, it's one that'll, that'll catch it, you, you know, sneak up on you yeah. and catch up to you pretty quick if this you're not careful.
0: Awesome. Um, okay, sorry to go back to that question. Then, so yeah. I mean, what are what are you seeing in terms of changes in the personnel who are starting breweries and running breweries? And, and all so
1: that? the ones that are the newer ones that I believe that are going to do well are the ones that really have this passion yeah. for it, and are the ones that are really, um, you know, I hate I hate to, to throw out generalizations, but it seems to me. Generally, some younger folk yep. that are, um, you know, way more focused on the future of beer mm-hmm. than necessarily the history of beer. Yeah. Not that anyone should ever forget about where beer came from, and it's wonderful to to appreciate all these wonderful old styles. Uh, but that's not necessarily where the market's going. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not necessarily a huge drive for people to learn about. Uh, you know, a, a classic Belgian Trappel. Mm-hmm. There's, there's great beers, they'll be around forever, um, but that's not where the, where, necessarily where the market's going right, right. now. And um, especially with uh, uh, IPAs and kind of these standard styles, I think we're still going to see innovation mm-hmm. and creativity in them. Um, and we're going to go, I've, I, 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 some people have said to me, we're going to see a return to the West Coast IPA. Mm-hmm. I don't think we will. Yeah. Um, the bitter and aggressive is although fun and has its time and its place uh hits a small part of the bell curve and it's really more approachable these more kind of uh you know hot sud- uh, focusing on these subtle hop aromas and characteristics hit a bigger part of that bell curve mm-hmm. and really this is a beer and IPA where people uh, come in all the time and I tell them about it and they're like well I don't like IPAs we well, haven't had the right IPA. Right. This is this is the IPA for people that say they don't like IPAs. Yeah. And it's got all that hop presence, it's got all that flavor, it's got all that complexity, all the depth, um, but approachable and, uh, uh, you know, one that is going to be more universally accepted than some of, like, uh, you know, a, a classic aggressive West Coast IPA. And
0: it's also, I'm not chewing it, right? It's not yep. it, it's not a chewy... Uh, no, and you big. definitely,
1: you've, we've all had that IPA where, you know, you, 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 you take a swig and yeah, yeah. you you still got that and hanging out in the mouth like for a it. while. Some people like it, but and I there's absolutely my, yeah. a time and a place yeah. for, for everything like that. And this is when, and, and and not to disrespect that type of style, but this is one that I, is more in line with what I personally would like yeah. to drink on a regular daily basis, and what I think most of the, uh, at least a lot of our craft beer consumers mm-hmm. would appreciate and gravitate towards for their everyday IPA.
0: The more that I do these ads, the more I realize that I should probably have Jay take care of a few of them, but alas, he's a banker and he has a lot of ass kissing to do on a daily basis, which might make it difficult for him to record these things. With that said, I want to take a second here to give a thank you and a shout out to our title sponsor, Tivoli Brewing Company. If you haven't been into the tap house located right there on the Auraria Parkway, I suggest you make a trip. The beer is great, the food's fantastic. The guest taps are always awesome. I was in there not long ago. Had a there was some four noses on. There was uh, there was some beer from Seattle. Space Needle. I can't remember who makes it, but that was delicious. Anyhow, go in there, go to the tap room. But if you're not wanting to make the trip to downtown Denver, you don't want to deal with the traffic. For that I totally understand. Find Tivoli beer at your nearest liquor store because it's everywhere now. You can't you can't miss the cans. Awesome cans. We talked about Odd Thirteen having great cans. I think Tivoli's cans are badass as well. They uh, they have the look of the historic brewery. You can't really miss them. Go grab yourself a, a Hellas. Go grab yourself a cherry pie. I think the Hello Darkness Stout should be available soon. It's a fantastic little winter beer made by the boys in the back. With that said, cheers to Nate, cheers to Charlie, to Chris, to Kyle, to Ethan, to everybody else who makes that thing happen. Tivoli Beer. Go to the Tap House. Get you one over the bar. Find it in stores. You can't miss it. Look for the big Tivoli Tower. Thank you, Tivoli, for uh, putting your name behind this train wreck that is unfiltered. And thank you to all of you for listening to the show. So with that said, enjoy the rest of the interview and collaboratively so knowing then that i like to think of it as kind of going more towards a taproom model or to me right you think of that third space it's an academic term right for that space it's um the the taproom has become to me what my dad's local bar was right and And that's a lot of it yeah um
1: and people do still want the watering hole mm -hmm. people still do want that local hangout where People from the neighborhood are having a couple pints, yeah. talking about the latest whatever, and it's a it's a beer is a social thing. Right. It has always been, and it will always continue to be that. Uh, but it is a much more sustainable model, and it's one that allows for more diversity, creativity, and adaptation, mm-hmm. um, which are all things you have to have in this day in the beer world. Which brings me back to when the the legacy brands and you know we've seen some big brands uh, uh shutter the, you know close their tap room and pull out of retail distribution, and um, you know it's a, it's unfortunate and but it's also a, a sign of the changing times. The most common question I get is what's new, what haven't I had, yeah. what's everybody talking about, what's the new hot brewery on the beer forums, mm. um, and although this brand has been brewing phenomenal beer for 30 years if they haven't made anything in the last five years that anybody cares about no one even knows who they are anymore
0: so do you think if that's the case right if you get the size of a boulder beer mm-hmm. if it I guess are we seeing those kind of larger distributing beer companies uh, are we seeing them opening up these satellite Spots where they can experiment, they can have that, they can have that malleability. or we see like a, you know a Denver Beer Co. which is going to be able to do certain things at certain places?
1: Yeah, and part of that is going to be it's a it's a it's a that's a prong of a multi pronged approach. Right, right, and it can't exist on an island. If Boulder Beer was not selling, or excuse me, if Denver Beer Co. Mm-hmm. was not selling uh, a good amount of beer in the market on retail in cans, yeah. uh. It would kind of their second taproom would be kind of like on an island mm-hmm. and people there's a, a, people have a very short memory here in denver yeah. there is no brand allegiance um everybody just wants the latest and the greatest yeah. and if you are a brand that has fallen away from the forefront mm-hmm. of people's attentions then you're you're fighting this amazing uphill battle yeah and um and it has to be a multi-pronged approach Mm -hmm. and you know you look at like say the big ballast point um i mean they had multiple tap rooms with multiple production facilities and you know that went a whole different direction Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it is a it has to all be part of a cohesive planned approach on how you and how the brewery is going to make its mark in the industry and in the market because it's not one by itself is not going to lead to lots and lots of growth. You'll do very well. The The taproom model is the best model for a brewery, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You have the lowest overhead with the highest profitability, and you are you are able to do what you want to do and express your passion. Yeah. Um, it's when you get into bigger production that you lose flexibility and all these types of things. Um, but there are big brands that have adapted mm-hmm. um, and been able to stay relevant and um you know uh, a big brewery they're not a colorado brewery but a big brewery that i think has done a good job of staying relevant in people's minds is like boulevard you know they've had yeah. they you know they've been you know they've been making boulevard pale and boulevard wheat for yeah. how many years but uh are still coming out with good stuff their smokestack series is always phenomenal tank seven is still a world-class beer uh, but they're coming out with contemporary hazy ipas new sours barrel age sours they're um you know they're definitely doing a good job of staying more in line with what the market wants than mm-hmm. some of the other 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 folks are and it's it's easy to get caught up in the success that you had yeah and think that it's going to go on like that forever yeah. and um it's it's just it, I call this the never-ending battle to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. Not even to stay growing and booming and and just being the you know the hot kid on the block. Just to stay relevant mm-hmm. is a never-ending battle. So it is it's a, it's a tough one out there.
0: Uh, and I can't even imagine the draw um, of of. Capital investments and you know people wanting to throw money at you and all of yep. that and just the patience that it takes to stick to. It. I mean, like, to oh, me, yeah. I think like comrade, right? What David yeah. and Mark have done—great folks just over there—know exactly what they do and yep. stick to it. Yeah. Know, I mean, they're very good at saying no.
1: And there, there's something to that. Is that you know they are they've stuck to their guns and yeah. are all and are doing things the way they've always wanted to do it. Yeah. And it's now paid off. You know, yeah. they they they've got some uh, some accolades and some uh, some more. Uh, more goodwill in the in the industry than they've ever had they're they're a hot brand right now and you know good for them
0: i love it so if you um um sorry i was gonna think what the hell was the question i had i had a (laughs) a good question i guess um i guess what do you see as your responsibility i I kind of return to that question towards the beginning um in terms of of showcasing brands on your shelves Mm -hmm. You know, do you want to go out to those smaller breweries who are just started canning and saying, "Hey, we want to kind of partner with yes. you." You do that, okay? So and you that's go right absolutely
1: something I do, and that is uh, something I try. We we are. Uh, heavily involved in Collab Fest every year, collaboration for the Denver Collaboration yep. Fest. Um, it is we've been involved with it every year. It's become my favorite beer fest every year. Um, there's so many great industry folks there, so many great brewers. There's so many wonderful people to talk to, um, and they're doing awesome beers that you may never get a chance to try ever again. Yeah. Um, which I think is just one of the coolest ideas for a festival. Um, it is encouraging this whole working together attitude. Again, we're all we're all small, and most of us are all small independently owned entities that are fighting the big fight right uh, at the end of the day so it's turned into a wonderful thing and uh, like we did last year with New Terrain with being their first cans off their canning line I wanted to do something similar with Mm -hmm. that Um, and uh, I had there was a a brewery that I approached about working with them um, and they were very excited uh, but they're their production is... They just couldn't do it. They just couldn't do it. it was, uh, they're, they're working their little fannies off to get as much beer as they possibly can out right now. And I, I get it. It's a good problem to have. They're doing everything that's right. I was a little bummed that we couldn't team up for the festival. Um, but uh, we'll definitely be teaming up in the future. And that's part of it is, you know, we, we went to them... Mm-hmm. Fresh, you know, no one had ever approached them about doing something like this, yeah. um, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm surprised more people haven't copied us yeah. and tried to do kind of more of what we're doing. And uh, I love that they haven't done that yet, and I love that we're, ab- you know, by leading the pack in this regard by head and shoulders. Um, I think it is, uh, I think it's a really cool thing, and uh, I obviously have a passion for all these beers that I put together. Uh, I one of the one of my—it's now happened a few times—but one of my favorite days was uh, someone came in and saw we had some new collabs, just grabbed them right off the shelf. He's like, "God, you guys do such good beers. I don't even know—I don't even know what it is—and I'm going to go take wow. it home." And uh, awesome. I've seen that a few times now, and I—you know—that's just been—you uh, know. That's, that's almost as good as it can get, right? Well, there. I mean,
0: that's like that's that's patting you on the back. That's just, you know, it sounds like that's as close to brewing a beer as you're gonna get or want to get, right? But for have to have somebody come in here and say, "I want that," I want your beer. Yeah, is, that's and that's good. That,
1: and that's how and I I really own it in that sense. So this is this is a project that I've invested in. I'm emotionally yeah. invested in. Uh, I want to see them all do well. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna put anything on the shelf that I think is gonna be a subpar product. Right. And um, you know, it is definitely a. Uh, a way that I am able to, um, you know, extend my passion and love for beer in yeah. the industry, and all how wonderful it's been to me. Off to everybody else. I love that.
0: That's great. So, do you have kind of, you know, how the sausage is made? Question here. Yeah. Is there a, is there a minimum amount of beer that you can? It depends. Okay. Uh, it depends on what
1: kind of project we're doing. Yeah. Um, we've done single barrel projects, which I think which are really fun, where uh, uh, Molly's takes one of our privately selected uh, uh, spirit barrels, okay. like bourbon or tequila, something like that. Um, will The distillery will bottle up that for us, throw our label on the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll give us all that product, and then they also give us the barrel. Uh, I'll take the barrel, and I'll go team up with a brewery and say, hey, I got this absolutely fantastic Four Roses barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, let's find a beer and let's, let's make a beer and let's put it in the barrel and have it be a unique Molly's collaboration. Okay. Um, and so, In a
0: four roses barrel, I'm sure the Brewers are like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that and yeah, and they were
1: generally people are pretty excited about that, and uh, so we'll make we'll we'll come together with a fun beer that is uh, aged in the barrel, and so it's bringing out some of that barrel character, Mm -hmm. but it's also a very unique product to us, Um, and that's going to be our smallest production ones that we do, um, and it's just you know one barrels worth. Um, We do uh, the next step up would be kind of like um, one of one of like. A collaboration like this uh, a few we do uh, there they are bigger production usually a six-pack or a four-pack can um, and uh... we are usually there are levels of quantity that i'm comfortable buying there are quantities that the breweries are comfortable to produce okay. um... sometimes we need to bridge that gap sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's not usually an issue. Um, not all breweries have the equipment to team up, though, um, and it's just not possible for right. us to team up with everybody that we want to. Um, there's definitely been some that... Both parties have been very excited about doing it, and it's just logistically wasn't gonna quite work mm-hmm. out the way everybody needed. Um, so that's gonna be the next step up is kind of this a one-time limited release. You know, x number hundreds of cases that we'll do. Um, do you next, have to turn people down. Do you have to turn breweries down. I've, turned, I've had had to turn yeah. a couple okay. breweries okay. down, um, and it's not something I ever like to do. Right. Um, but you know, there's there's always the future, is what I say. Yeah. And uh, I got these I got collaborations lined up for this year. Um, I will definitely have some room next year for more mm-hmm. um, so then then the next step up is going to be kind of this and it's a great segue yeah. to try this beer um, this is our collaboration that we did with our friends over yeah. at new image brewing um, so this is the better together this is another IPA that we did all and mosaic hops um, and this is a definitely a pet project of mine um, and what I love about this beer is not only is it absolutely fantastic and drinks amazing and has these wonderful pineapple and stone fruit yeah. and citrus notes to it, um, but we uh, uh, donate a portion of the proceeds to a local nonprofit that helps out with mental illness. Okay. Um, a uh, The Jefferson Center, um, they are great folks over there and uh, they offer great free and sliding scale cost services to lots of people in the community. Um, But it is a uh, it's a project where you are able to drink for a cause Mm -hmm. and um, uh, we we match donations with the brewery. And this is where we are putting our imprint into the community Mm -hmm. and saying, yeah, we love, you know, this is how we are going to give back to this wonderful community. that has been so great to us. How do we do it? teaming up and supporting nonprofit. That's organizations. It's awesome. Yeah. Um so I think it turned out well. This is one that we started as just a, a single delicious. batch and we've now been doing it for 2 years. Wow. Um we do a big pr- it's uh the the can is uh, to all the list- all the listeners. It's a very uh, inclusive a can yeah. uh and um it is one where uh, you know, we're very active during Pride Month and um, want to do a lot of promotions around that and use and try and use that window as a way to, to generate more money for these nonprofit organizations. And uh, I want to do more of these types of things in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always financially possible with what what ourselves and the breweries are trying to accomplish with these projects. But whenever we can tie in a nonprofit uh, is absolutely something that we try and do whenever we can. Uh, But this is a, so this has been a like a personal prep project of mine for a few years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I love that it's been going on for so long. I love that it's been doing so well. Um, It's one where we have repeat customers. Um, So I'm, uh, uh, other great moments are when I'm hanging out in the store and telling somebody about it and somebody right next to him goes, Oh, it's a great one. You so gotta they get, get it, they get and, it. They, and they grab one themselves. That's so awesome. it's uh, I, those. The, I think those those moments are great. But they, those guys at New Image are doing a wonderful job. They're doing great great beers. Um, they've been a wonderful partner to work with. We've done uh, four pro, four collaborations with them now. Mm-hmm. Um, more to come in the future. They're just they're just great folks over there, and really doing a really got their thumb on on the pulse of the industry. I think love those guys.
0: All right, um, not gonna be a softball question here. Yeah. I just want to know. Uh, what have you learned since um, beer sales in grocery stores has been allowed? What what have what have you taken from and, and learned from the last year?
1: That's been a, that's been a, that's been an interesting one. Yeah, that has been that's one of those once in a century type change to the legislation yeah. that has dramatic ramifications within the industry. Um, It was, we anticipated a slowdown Mm -hmm. uh, because there are literally hundreds of places more that you can buy beer. Um, The the big grocery store chains, have a lot more money than we do, and they can sell their beer at or near cost, and it doesn't matter to them, because right. they'll make money off the rest of the store. Yeah. And I, unfortunately, don't have that luxury. <laughs>
0: Wait, we're the beer nuts. You know,
1: I actually do need to try and make some kind of money on these, on these beer sales. Yeah. So it has been, uh, to me, focusing on our core of what we do best. And that is going to have a nicer environment than anybody else. We're going to have a friendlier, better trained staff than anybody else. Um, And we're going to have a far superior selection to the grocery store. Uh, We're also going to have these unique uh, Molly's co-branded collaborations that you cannot get at a grocery store. Um, And so it's it's trying to separate ourselves not only now from the big box liquor stores, Mm. but the places where you can go buy beer all the time and around the corner. The big notice in terms of the industry has been with, like, holiday sales. Mm-hmm. Generally, holidays that are, like, take 4th uh, of July, for instance. Okay. Um, a big beer holiday. Uh, people are getting in groups. But people are also eating a lot. And what we noticed is that generally for these, you know, uh, like Super Bowls, another instance mm-hmm. for this, um, on these beer holidays where people would normally go get their food, then go to the liquor store to get their beer, they can go grab most of the beer they want at the grocery store so we're losing a lot of that convenient shopper but it honestly has not been in by focusing on what we do best it's really not been a detriment to us um we are we are the 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 change in our numbers has been uh less than what we anticipated wow that's awesome Um, and uh so far 2020 has been uh, way better than I anticipated, mm-hmm. um, which gives me a lot of excitement for things to come. Um, well, as a
0: shopper of Sprouts, I'm really, really happy that door is now open. Yes, again. absolutely,
1: yes. and uh, uh, especially here at this new spot. Uh, you know, we're we're a new store. Um, once once the word really gets out, you know, this, this place is going to be yeah. just as busy as the lakeside location, yeah, which for is, sure. which it can be a madhouse at times. That's so. awesome.
0: <laughs> just on average, what what, what percentage of sales uh, at a liquor store this size? Goes to beer. I mean, we're we're about twenty five percent. And is that pretty standard, kind of across? Do you make a lot of margin on on beer or is it more wine and and liquor?
1: It depends. Uh, Wine and liquor definitely are a higher profit margin item. Okay. Uh, Beer also has a much shorter shelf life. Okay. Um, And you know, with like liquor, you can buy pallets of. Vodka and it's not going to go bad.
0: Right. right, Um, right.
1: I can't buy pallets and pallets of beer and yeah, I'm going to sit on this for the next you know nine months. Yeah, that's just (laughs) so you have to move it. I have to move move, it. So uh, the the pressures that I have are different from other people. Um, But they also you know and and the beer consumer is very price sensitive Mm -hmm. um, and um, sometimes uh, more commodity driven. Mm -hmm. It's one thing I've kind of noticed at this new location, which is so beautiful and uh we're so ex- so excited to have. Like we're hanging uh, out in a liquor store people. Yeah. Like uh, it is it very at all. Cr- it's a very comfortable place to hang <laughs> yes, out. Yes. Um but they uh uh the ah, what, what the words are escaping me at the moment. Um
0: uh beer will do that. Yeah
1: uh, yeah have a c have a couple beers and your your, exactly. your words will escape you. Um
0: no, you're good we can if it comes back to you.
1: I'm gonna try I I You're I, fine. It was the Yeah, where where was I going with this? I had a whole
0: point I was going to make. That's all right. It's unfiltered for a (laughs) reason. Let me ask you then before, while you're thinking through that, what do you tell the sales team Mm -hmm. when, like, how do you treat a customer who comes in, they want to have craft beer? What are the questions that you ask them? Well, mm-hmm.
1: so I and it, for personally, um, uh, I, I always start with what do you like? What, okay. what kind of stuff are you into? And that'll give me kind of a feel of what where they might be interested in exploring elsewhere. Okay. If they're very, if they know what they want, I'll tell them where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, if they look like they might want to be open to suggestions, I'll mm-hmm. usually well, hey, you know, we have this right here. But if you're looking for something similar that might be a little bit better, you may want to check out this over here. Okay. Um, and so I always think it's great to give options. Um, one thing that I do with our with our staff here at Molly's um, is. I am... Very focused on education. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I, I joke. I call it the hour of power, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's about an hour and a half, two hours, little beer 101 introductory class that I like to do with all of our hires. That's awesome. We go over uh, brewing. We go over beer styles, mm-hmm. um, trends in the beer world. Um, you know all. You know every all encompassing things that you can. Uh, all the common questions that you might encounter, how to deal with them, um, and really, I want everybody to. If someone comes in and says. You know, hey, I like I like Tank Seven. I like Cezanne. What What's a Saison? I want I want to be able, I want anyone on the staff to be able to tell them. Oh, well, that is a style of beer that originated in between the area between France and Belgium. Um, it's got some wonderful floral, spicy notes, maybe a little bit of barnyard funk to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, and go, and go from there. You right. know, we not everybody's going to want that experience, but we want to be able to offer that whenever we can. That's got to um,
0: be invaluable then in terms of building and retaining a customer base. Is attracting that kind of customer which white might, might quite honestly be 90 percent of the craft beer crowd right like you said no there's we're not brand allegiant you no know, we'll, we'll and
1: whatever. i i'm there's no, and i'm not brand allegiant i lo- want to support those that have been great supporters of yeah. us but other than that it's 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 there's nothing beyond that yeah uh Uh, I remember what I was going to say. my thought uh, was that the you know this new store is wonderful and amazing the demographics here are slightly different Um, at the lakeside location um, we're kind of we're near the highlands we have a very kind of young adventurous um, willing to try uh, new new products type of crowd and uh, although it's a great crowd here um, it's not quite the same Um, uh, not quite as many young people in that like hip neighborhood and everything like that Um, so we're seeing a it's, it's that the people's tastes are slightly different. Okay. And uh, the beer that maybe absolutely crushed it over at our Lakeside location uh, may not qu- crush it as well here. And ones that are doing fantastic at Greenwood Village may not do as well at the Lakeside location. So that's been something to adapt to, is trying to move my thinking more globally into not just Buying and purchasing and being successful for one store, but now for both locations, and what each individual landscape looks like.
0: So, can you change what you put on shelves then and how much of it based on the location? You can, right? Absolutely, yeah. What are you seeing down here, just out of curiosity? I live down the street. Uh,
1: It's a, uh, you know, and I I really want to work to change this right now, uh, but uh, it's a little more commodity driven down here. A little more bigger brands, um, craft brands that are a little bit further away, maybe don't. People don't know as much about. Um, they're more into craft brands that are kind of more on this side of town, mm-hmm. you know, like central and south Denver. Um, just because that's what they're, that's what they know, yeah. that's what they're exposed to. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's changing, changing my my habits around that, okay. um, which is uh, really just a fun learning experience to me. So how
0: are you doing that research aside from just looking at numbers? Are you talking to people as they come in? Yeah, talk what? to
1: people as they come in. Um, one thing that I, in my favorite part of, 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 especially these collabs, is going out. And chatting with people, right. and going and chat with the breweries, mm-hmm. and um, you know, finding out what they're about, what they're trying to do, and um, you can definitely get a sense of you know after piecing all these everything together. I talk to this brewery, this brewery, this brewery, this brewery. I kind of get a sense for what geographically is kind of like what people are into over here. Yeah. Um, if the top selling beer for Four different breweries around a section of Denver are all a hazy IPA well that's probably what people in this area are going to be drinking yeah. um and if we get in, an, in another area you know one's a coffee stout another one's a brown ale maybe multi beers are a little bit more what they're into in this area um but it's a it is one where uh you know i 'm going to learn through experience mostly mm-hmm. and uh, judging by the numbers but really feet on the ground talking with customers what do you what do you like what, do, what what are you missing whats what's the what is your favorite beer that you wish that we could get um, and uh, you know just trying to build it from there uh, one of our one of Molly's core values is um, tr- we, we want to curate a land of adult beverage discovery okay. and it is not a you know there's there's lots of little mom-and-pop liquor stores where you just want if you want a bottle of vodka, you want a bottle of Kendall Jackson, you want a bottle... you want a 24-pack of Bud Light, there's lots of places you can get that. It's really this having this environment of Cultivating and curating this land of adult beverage discovery, mm-hmm. and really getting people to branch out and try new things. Try our single barrel of bourbon that we picked out in Kentucky. You know, try this wonderful new uh, South African set of bubbles that we got in. We're the only people in Colorado that have it. Check out this new collaboration that we've done with this amazing hot brewery. And if you like the beer, you know, we're the only people that have it. Yeah. Um, so it's again just differentiating ourselves from 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 everybody else.
0: What kind of say do you have in terms in terms of marketing a new location like this? Obviously, beer can't drive. You said it's 25%. And that, of sales, and that's so uh,
1: and I, in turn my my I have virtually no say yeah, in that. Uh, we say. have a wonderful marketing department that is, you know, they they are the ones that understand that right, more. right. Uh, I I kind of feel that you know, my role is to make sure that whatever's in the can is good, mm-hmm. um, but I will let the professionals handle what's on the outside of the can. Yeah, um, and yeah. I, that's a uh, I think it's a that's a
0: smooth way to go about it. That makes total sense. I get it. Um, so I guess w- what are you hoping for the next for 2020 for Molly's Spirits here and, and uh, in town as a whole?
1: Uh, you know, just can just continue everything that we're doing. Okay. Uh, continue. To build these great relationships with not only our customers but our brewers and our suppliers, um, and uh, and really you know continue to be the 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 name that comes to everybody's mind yeah. in Colorado in Denver when it comes to libations. That makes total sense, man. Absolutely, well, Tony.
0: I, I think we're going to keep drinking here, but I want to do a cheers. cheers. Cheers, man. but thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate it. Absolutely, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate it. I learned a shitload. So thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you.